Welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome to episode 17 of So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. I'm Meredith Fogel, along with my co-host, Valerie Hernois. And today we have a special guest who we'll introduce in a moment. First, we want to thank you for listening. And as always, just a personal ask to please leave us a review, ratings, show ideas. And when you leave a review, please leave one that mentions just a little piece of information that you got from the show and you found helpful. We love to see what we're doing that you guys like, and we might give you a special mention on the show if you leave your name. We know they're anonymous, but feel free to leave your name or reach out and email us directly with your information. So if you listen to episode 16, you know what we covered was the 10 questions every new agent needs to ask. We got lots of positive feedback on that, and we want to thank Josh Chakarji, I should know how to say that, (laughs) for being our guest. And I want to also thank our listener, Kyle, who said, I've been listening to your podcast and I like it. Gives good advice and tips, especially for someone like me who started in October. So Kyle, thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback and good luck to you as you begin your real estate career. You know, I feel when I started, I picked up a book that reminds me of this podcast, which was this lady that would have been me in the future or the past, I guess. But she had all these funny anecdotes because I was so depressed at the beginning when you start. And you're like, does anyone know I got my license? Will anybody trust me? Things like that. So this is almost a 21st century, like method, you know what I mean? The way to do it this way. Like, so it's pretty funny. But yeah, that's good. So today we have another special guest. Sheena Sadam. Am I saying your last name properly? Yes, Sadam. 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 That's right. (laughs) Or Satan or something like that. Yes. (laughs) So we think you are going to be absolutely blown away by her many outreach efforts, the organizations that she supports, all of her charitable contributions. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And as I was saying to Sheena when she walked in, I knew some of them. I did not know nearly all of them. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And Valerie. And she has three kids. Yes. Yeah. So Valerie and I were saying, like, we we can't have a comparison. (laughs) I know. I don't do anything. (laughs) But it's so, it's amazing to hear a story like her. So we want to thank her first for everything that she's doing. Thank you for being our guest today. And she just actually gave us a little nugget when she walked in, which is a new, it's, it's a new campaign that you're doing, right? Yeah, it's sort of an amended campaign okay. uh, for individuals. Did you want me to share it now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sure. yeah sure. So in the past, what we had done, you know, it was just a way for our um, agents, our team to sort of get back into action and sort of get back connected to, um, you know, our past clients and to show them how much we love them and to get back into the community. Um, and so what we had done before is however many uh, transactions we had, we um, did some kind of additional um, act of kindness. Um, and then we would shout out the, the client based on, you know, what action we did. So, hey, you know, Jenny, Marie, we uh, bought a cow for a family in Africa um, in your honor. Thanks so much for um, trusting us with your real estate service. So 
Um, but you know, just as you all, you all do a ton of business. And so it did become a lot. So what we ended up doing this year, we're doing 25 acts of kindness. And so that's just a little bit easier than doing a few hundred. Um, but we still think we're going to have a big impact. So that, that's what we're doing for the next 25 days. Love that. And she was saying that this has become sort of contagious. So this message has spread and some other agents have said, Hey, can you send me the list? Can you let me know what you're doing? I'd love to do this too. So we're really excited to be sharing that love with our audience today. That is awesome. 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 So as you know, if you've been listening, we always start with a quote that we hope will help inspire you. This week, it was really hard to choose because there are so many beautiful quotes about giving. So I chose two. The first one is Henry Ford, who we quoted before. In this one, he said, to do more for the world than the world does for you, that is success. Man, Sheena sitting right here, that you are Mm -hmm. are success. I mean, that, that is a beautiful measure. And this one from Mahatma Gandhi, who said, The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And I think that's so true. I think it kind of like crystallizes and clarifies who we are as people too. I don't think there's anything that is more um, fulfilling and creates more joy than doing for other people. So it's amazing to, to have that spirit and to know that we can do that and give back. And we are given so much in this business. I feel like we, it is our obligation to, to give back. So Sheena is um, going to introduce herself in a second and tell her a little bit, tell us a little bit more about her. But I just want to give a, a brief introduction, which is that Sheena leads a top producing team, the State and Properties Group with Keller Williams Capital Properties, and that's right here in Washington, D.C. And Sheena has been, as we said, extraordinary in her efforts to give back to the community. She was recently honored as the recipient of GCARS, that's Greater Capital Area Association of Realtors for those who do not live in this area. That was their first ever Good Neighbor Award. So cool. I read, I opened I the, the magazine and saw you. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. And she was recently featured in that magazine for her charitable efforts, which include her investment in Generosity Global, for which she serves as board chair and through which uh, they helped build Maryland's first shower truck. And that's what I remember you telling me about first for the homeless and uh, also to drill clean wells in sub-Saharan Africa. You also serve on the board of the Treehouse, and uh, that helps abused and neglected children. And you have served as board chair for Urban Ed. You've also been interviewed by Gary Keller, featured in a lot of newspaper and online articles. You are a contributing writer to Realtor.com. And we are super honored and excited to have you on our little show today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Sheila, what, what did I miss? And I didn't mention your husband at all. So and in her spare time, she sales real estate. Yes. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Oh, well, thank you all for having me. I am honored to be here. Um, I'm humbled by everything that you've said. Uh, you know, because it's just, you know, it's one day at a time. It's one just every day thinking, having sort of this mindset. And I think it has grown and it has grown into... Um, a little bit more strategic, I guess I would say, because I'm naturally, I think like a lot of people who get in real estate, I'm very entrepreneurial. So yeah. to get back to, you know, what Gary Keller talks about getting really purposeful with what we do, um, I think has, has helped um, everything to make everything bigger for us to be able to give more, um, to give more purposefully with our time and our, in our money. My husband, I will say, I should probably start out by saying all these things you've said, um, you know, we're, we're, we're super proud about all those things, but I am really just one person. And without, you know, all of our clients who have continued to support us and grown our business, we could not be making the financial contributions without everyone who, um, including real estate agents who help support our in-kind donations and support these charities, we could do very little. So um, I am grateful for the entire, you know, village behind us um, and those who have been inspired. And then I always say that 
Um, if you ever see me doing something for you or it seems like I'm doing something, it is my husband because <laughs> my husband is with the kids like, or he's with the Oh, that's right? true. Yeah. So whenever you see somebody out there with the limelight, I'm actually reading Barack Obama's book, The Promised Land now, and he kind of alludes to that too where you know he's out there doing all this good, but there is somebody back there making other sacrifices. So I think that's always important to note. So true, yeah. That's Team great. effort, for sure. Absolutely. I always say my husband does the heavy lifting. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So we have a lot of questions for you today. So we'll get started on the question. So first of all, what inspired you to do what you do? Were you always like a, just a, a good doer or did this evolve as you became an adult or how did this start? Yeah, for better or worse, I think I'm a high D, high I personality, <laughs> probably like a lot of us. So, you know, we just see a problem and we want to fix it. Um, so I think part of that, and also I grew up in the military, so I moved like 14 times wow. before high school. Like, we moved a lot throughout the country, throughout the world. I grew up in Europe. My mom is German. And back then with the army, they would pick you up and make you move every six months to two years. So she really didn't have a full-time job. She was an immigrant to this country when she turned 20, she was 20 years old. And she had my sister and me as twins when she was 22. And you're a twin? I didn't know. Yes, we are nothing alike. We don't oh, look alike. That's we don't sound alike. <laughs> yeah, but um, I do have a twin, and um, you know, my mom was really young. Like I said, she was an immigrant when she was here, so she was, you know, perfecting her English. And uh, I think it was a lot to come here and have two kids, and then shortly thereafter, they they went to Europe, and that's kind of where we spent our childhood on military, different military installations. And, um, you know, just sort of growing up with that service mentality with my dad and then my mom, it was like everywhere she went, she would set up, I like to say she would set up her own little nonprofit. Like she would find out that, you know, the, the soldiers were spending their, for their paycheck before they could work before the end of the month. So she would set up a desk and help them manage their checkbooks. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's good. Yeah. And she would always haul us along to all of these things that she would do to help other people. So it's the nature of the military installations where community really comes together. I can tell you one other kind of fun story is in Germany, they are super focused on recycling, like much more than they are here. Right. So combine like military discipline with German discipline. And <laughs> what do you, get? you get like plastic recycle, you get brown, green, and clear glass recycled paper. Oh my and God. that started to get messed up, they would dump everything and all the families had to come out and redistribute it. Oh my God. So that's uh, that's how we grew up. So there was a problem, you come and it is your duty to come fix it. So that's kind of, okay. yeah. So your mom modeled it for you and then it just kind of became part of the fiber of your being, it sounds like, right? Absolutely. So yeah. I, in one of the articles I read about you, you described yourself as addicted to taking action. So is that kind of where that started? That was just like ingrained and that that feels like just a part of who you are? I think so. You know, a lot of time people will say to me, because I've thought about this, I've tried to be a little more introspective as I've gotten older. And a lot of people will say, oh, you have such a big heart. You're so kind. And honestly, it's very nice, but I never felt that really deep inside me. I think what it is, is um, I have a sense of duty. I think that's what it is. I just feel like when I see somebody, I don't necessarily, for better or worse, feel badly for somebody else, but I feel like it is my duty to do something. So Yeah, makes total sense. So let's pivot for a second to real estate. So tell us your real estate story. How did you get started in real estate and how did you grow your team? Sure. So um, I, like I said, I moved around a lot, got to the States, to Maryland when I was 14 and went into poli-sci, my first worthless degree. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then... um, my husband, who was my high school boyfriend, I call him high school boyfriend sometimes. Yeah. We met when we were like 16, 17. So he joined the Air Force as soon as 9-11 happened. We were both going to the University of Maryland. 
We had our first duty station in Utah, came back and I got my, uh, I guess I was getting my master's while I was working in, um, at the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I was teaching people how to go up on Capitol Hill and, uh, fight for certain policies. And it was a really bad time. It was like 2009. And at that time, we all know what was about to happen or what was happening. I wasn't, I wasn't really aware of what that whole economic thing was happening. I was so focused on nonprofit and potentially maybe getting into to government work. Um, so I got finished my master's in national security policy. And a few days later, I lost my job uh, because of the economy. So I was $42,000 in student loan debt. I was making $42,000. So oh I was like, gosh. I got to figure something out. <laughs> so I... Um, my husband said, what about sales? He was in IT sales. I'm like, well, I can't do math. So uh, so he's like, what about real estate? And so like a lot of people, I went, yeah, I'll try that. <laughs> looks easy. Yeah, it looks easy. <laughs> I'll make my own schedule. It right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I went ahead and got my Maryland, D.C., Virginia licenses pretty quickly. And um, I hopped into it that way. And uh, yeah, and so growing the team for a few years, it was just me. I really grew it by referral. I didn't know another way. Um, so Han was not licensed at this point. No, okay. yeah, he didn't come in. My husband didn't come in until four or five years after that. Oh, okay, he was still hooked on this idea that he's my work with his friends. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of okay. yeah. a lot of guys have that yeah. one idea. My brother had that yeah. idea. Ooh, so about. When my daughter, so I have one kid and then I had a second. And when my daughter was two years old, that's when he, about, yeah, about two years old, he, he came into the business and really cleaned everything up because we're both very high D personalities. We're both kind of strong personalities, but he's, um, sort of the, you know, if I'm the, if I'm the visionary, as I like to say in that book, Rocket Fuel, he is the implementer. Mm -hmm. So he's going to clean up all the messes and tighten up the systems and build them out. And that's really, I think that is our, that is the secret to our success there. I think we have those two different personality types. So it works. Wow. Wow. Awesome story. Awesome story. And tell me a little bit about how your, your team is involved in your uh, outreach and giving and how your charitable um, efforts sort of dovetail with your business. Yeah, that's a great question. I think our business rests on this mission. Like the fact that we're a mission-driven company um, creates boundaries for us. It helps me decide every single day what I'm going to do, who I'm going to meet with. Um, because I think a lot of times, especially at least for me as a woman um, and as a girl, I don't know that we were taught how to set boundaries. Hence why my mom's going everywhere and helping everybody. Oh, right? that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by having this mission, I know I can't meet with... 17 people to talk about XYZ every day. Like I have to be very careful about what I do because my focus is how can I grow generosity global, which we'll talk about soon. Um, and how can I um, strengthen the culture of our organization and continue to have it grow so we can help fund these things. Um, our team is actually um, our operations team is entirely virtual. They've been that way since the beginning. They live all across the country. Oh, interesting. Uh -huh. Yep, there are army spouses stationed throughout the country. And I love that because my mom never had that an opportunity like that. She always wanted to work. She was always busy, but she couldn't keep a job because we didn't have the internet back then. Right. Um, so everyone who works for us is an army spouse. So they, no matter where they move to, they can continue to work with us. They've got, uh, so for any, obviously the real estate agents listening, it's great for so many reasons. These are loyal people. Like these are people who join the military. These are loyal people who know how to get stuff done. You know, a lot of them, their husbands are gone for a year at a time and they've got kids. They can manage that. They can manage your transactions. Right. Yes. Um, and then they have a, uh, uh, healthcare and all those sorts of things. So it's not something that they necessarily need. So we love on them as much as we can. And because we do, 
They are wearing, you know, generosity global sweatshirts. They are donating to those things. And a lot of what they spend their time doing is supporting these nonprofits. So that's, that's part of their job is helping to support the organizations because as, as we grow, they grow and it's just kind of a nice or mingled kind of thing. Right. So smart. I mean, it's, it, it is strategic, but in the best possible way, because you're supporting a population who is, is wonderful and giving and supporting our country. And then, you know, as a, just a full circle moment, they're right. now supporting the organizations that, that you support. That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So speaking of that, how did you choose the, or, or how do you yeah. choose the organizations that you support? Because I know, you know, it, you, I'm sure you're in the same position that like we're in where people go, we know you're capable. We know you can do this. So can you be part of this? Can you be part of this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to say no, right? So that can be hard. But how do you, like, do you, do you kind of see what moves you or what is it that inspires you to be part of something? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. I think as you become more successful, there's more exposure. Yeah. Um, you do have to learn to say no. There's a great book I, I've told many agents about called Necessary Endings, which is a great book to kind of help you figure out like where we need to end things, how to say no, because a lot of us were not taught that. Right. Um, and we get a lot of opportunities. The more opportunities, the more we have to go, oh God, I got to get back into, I'll tell you, once a year at the end of the year, I have a kind of a breakdown, not a mental breakdown, but my body stops moving. My husband knows it's kind of it's like three days I spend in bed. I physically cannot move and it's because I've given too much. So I'm hoping this year will be the year where that doesn't happen. Right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's all good. If that's the worst that happens, that's fine. So, um, <laughs> but, but choosing is not an easy thing. I think, um, you know, I feel really blessed that this came in my life. So what happened was I went to high school with a girl named Erica Aquo and um, she invited me to a women's empowerment event about five years ago in Baltimore. She was telling me that she and her husband had started this nonprofit that um, was feeding the homeless for the previous five or six years. And one of the things they learned was it was really hard to find a place in Baltimore where you could get a clean, safe shower where there was actually soap and razors. All those things were like really hard to come by. And there are 4,000 people in Baltimore who are, who are homeless and the women, you know, they're cleaning themselves during their cycles in bathrooms in, you know, disgusting gas station bathroom. So it's like, Oh, how can we help these people? So that's what they've been thinking about. I'm like, Ooh, you know, I'm on the verge of like, our business is really, I think about to explode here. We, for every home we sell, we're going to donate here. So that's how we got in, in into um, helping to build a shower truck for the homeless. Mm. Um, and then we started started to get into the international stuff, which I wasn't super focused on the international stuff. But what I found was that the more work we did, the more we were in it with people who have so much less First of all, the less judgment that I had. I think I did have a lot of judgment going in. How much, like a lot, I think a lot of people feel that way about charities right now. That's one thing. That's one of the things that we're trying to overcome is people are like overhead. We need to stop with this overhead. You know, we should only pay, we should only donate to charities that will give 90% of the dollar goes to programs. It's like overhead are actual human beings. Mm-hmm. And look at all the other companies and what 60, 70% of what goes into them is going to payroll. So mm-hmm. why we think this different way about charity, if you want mm-hmm. good people and retain them, you know, maybe we should think differently about this. So that's one of the things we, we, we've been, been thinking a lot about, but, um, so how did it, how did it go from the shower truck to Welder. Like, I'm so interested in that piece. Yeah. So her husband, Erica Aqua's husband, the two of them are in the organization. He's from Cameroon, okay. Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he had visited there and he visited a hospital where he uh, saw five children who were dying of dysentery um, and said, you know, he got back on the plane. He was like, I don't want to live in a world where this happens, mm. where kids, where water is, is somehow seen as a privilege instead of a right. And where children like as young as five or younger are dying because the only water they can get is contaminated. And so 
that kind of broke things down for me and made me really start to think like, God, my kids may not look like those kids, but they're the same. And they're just, our kids are so lucky to grow up where, yeah. you know, they can go to the water at the refrigerator endless right. times right. a day. Right. So really woke me up. Wow. So that was like a, a, a branch out of generosity, generosity Global's efforts in that point. Yeah. Now what's happened with the shower truck? Has that gone to other cities? So we are, it's hard to know how many cities actually have the shower truck. There's Lava May in San Francisco, which I think was one of the first ones. Um, so that's kind of where we modeled it on okay. after. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a few smaller ones throughout the country. Our goal is to get one in D.C., Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that would be like a perfect place for one, right? Yeah, it would. You know, we've been talking a lot to the folks down there, and ultimately, it comes down to having a will, which I think a lot of us do, um, a will to do so. And then the other part is just funding. It's not that surprising. The one thing I've learned is that it's not hard to get something started. Like we can build a we can build a shower truck that'll cost eighty thousand dollars, and we will get that done. But it's the maintenance, which is right. about that much, right? Having people to stand by it, having people to continue to maintain it. So that's that's the challenge, but we'll get there. So tell us about the treehouse. That's a piece we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, so the treehouse, I got, I saw something on Facebook um, about, uh, there was a woman named Nina who posted saying, hey, we have a woman, this was about four or five years ago, we've got a woman who just came to the treehouse and she has her three kids and they have nothing. They came from an abusive home and, uh, they have nothing but the clothing on their backs. They need formula. They need clothing. And I reached out to her. I had just moved into the neighborhood. And um, I said, you know, I just moved in this neighborhood. And I think there's a lot of people here who can give. So let me go out there and ask. And sure enough, within 24 hours, we had more than what she had asked for. So that was the beginning. And so, you know, it, it's just been an amazing relationship. That woman, Nina, doesn't actually work at Treehouse anymore. She works for another nonprofit. And so, um, but we have kept in, in great contact and I'm trying to help her with, with that other organization. But, uh, you know, I what I always say is, People want to give. They just don't know how. So we have to make it right. really easy and make them aware. So this is a perfect segue into the next piece. And we were talking about this right, right. before we came in. I've definitely talked to people. And I think, you know, we've all had this feeling. Sometimes maybe you haven't because you're just so good at, at doing this. But, you know, you, you want to give. But you think, well, I can't give at that level. I can't give it at that scale. Although I do feel like as real estate agents, especially if we are at all public and we have even like a good social media platform or some kind of an outreach, a newsletter, whatever, just a sphere of influence who are in front of an audience in, in any manner, we do have sort of a superpower, right? Because we can give a messaging, give messaging out there that helps to draw up giving when we need it. But what do you say to agents who are like, I don't know how to start. I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I have resources. I don't know if I'm there yet. What do you, what do you want to get? What, what does that look like? What do you say? I love what you just said. I always tell agents when I go to speak about how we built our business, I say the most powerful thing we as real estate agents have is our network. So mm-hmm. leverage it for good and you will get exponential love effect. It. Love it. Yeah. So there's the first thing. And I think the second piece is, you know, if you're nervous about it, I mean, I get it. If you're nervous about like you're just starting out, then just tie it to a deal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, every deal you're going to give a certain amount. And maybe that goes up. You need to look at that again. But I'll say another thing that, um, you know, we spend so much money on marketing. Real estate agents spend so much money on marketing and all these other things. Heck, why not market yourself with, align yourself with a nonprofit? 
right? It doesn't cost very much. You can use social media. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And again, that exponential effect of growing your business and also helping this nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a perfect way to think of it. Yeah. Because well, I yeah. feel for our audience, that is basically people of, do you want to be a real estate agent? How did it start it? So people are freaking out about business cards, pictures, all that stuff. And then they see you guys. I always make a joke that I'm super type B and she's super type A plus and you seem like an A plus to me. So you guys make grandiose things. I love it. I have to say I'm B and I see it. I'm like, that's overwhelming to me. So what I really wanted to encourage people is that to do little things like I'm more organic, but every time I get a paycheck, like a great closing, my waiter gets a 50% tip, whatever. So my point is that your act of kindness is fabulous and it goes all the way to Africa, but this helped the waiter. Yeah. And it's things I always say, do things without expecting anything in return. Like I do everything for good karma. Like I'll put someone in the car that their kids didn't want to take them to see retirement homes. And I know she's not going to get there, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. No one else is going to take her. And you know, so it's weird. I feel I'm projecting that I'm doing the right thing. She benefits from my favor, even though it's not a huge thing. So I would say little acts of kindness as well. So, and when you're more successful, then you can move on to more grand things and your team is bigger. Everybody can make a bigger scale, you know, contribution, but little things. I always say, don't pass up on those little things because you're waiting for that one. Just like don't go into real estate till you're, Website is perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Just get out and do it. Same thing with this. I think start with local, you know, small things. And then you might end up stumbling into your friend that went to Cameroon or whatever, you know. And then build from there. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's, the little things do add up. The little yes. things make a big difference in the long, the larger scheme of things. And I think too, when you find something you're passionate about, so tie it to something you're passionate right. about also that feels good to you. So like you know, the military piece that's that's very personal to you, and obviously you're passionate about that, which is fantastic. The fact that I'm on the foundation board that's because I love this community so much. And, you know, like Valerie said, you never expect anything in return from it. But I will say, I feel that all of this pays off in beautiful goodwill, karma, fulfillment in so many gratifying ways that, and some you never expect. This is a quote actually from Sheena's website that I borrowed from her. And this is from John Wooten, who is a Hall of Fame player and coach. And he says, you can't live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. How beautiful is that? Yeah. That is just yeah. the true spirit. I know. I always tell people, pay it forward. Like when I do something and I'm never going to see them again, I'm like, then you pass it on. It's all good. Because yeah. if everybody does that, it's awesome. Yeah. Like everybody's doing something. Exactly. You remember when those chicken soup books came out? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Soul, chicken right? for the soul yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I remember, and this has always weighed on me since I was, I think it was like 12 years old when I read one of the stories in there. And it was about some famous baseball player and I guess he had given a thousand dollars a few thousand I don't remember now to um he had heard that somebody's child was really sick and so they needed help with medical bills so he gave them this money and he found out a little while later someone came up to him and said it wasn't true there there wasn't there wasn't a sick child and he said well thank god right exactly as opposed to being bitter about it right yeah so what she, what have we missed? What else would you like to add? And also, please tell the audience how they can support the organizations that you support if they'd like to. Thank you. So um, Generosity Global, you can go online. We just, we just put out a new website, Generosity Global. We actually, so for the last six years, we have been raising money 
to drill wells in Sub-Saharan Africa. That's at a cost of around $10,000 per well. Um, and sometimes families will come together. Sometimes a real estate team will go ahead and do it and get your name on the well. And you know that that's great. Different things matter for different people and no shame. And if you love having your name on a well, but what's really cool is you also get video and footage back of that. So drilling wells, but, but so we've been doing that. But then we realized that the cost, it would make so much more sense if we had our own drilling rig for Generosity Global. Wow. Was so this you thinking about this? I have to say, oh, your it husband? was Rich. It was my husband. Oh, was my rich. God. My he said you see, this is how things snowball, like right? It does. Exactly. And, you know what? And I always thought I was a big thinker, and then I meet Rich. And, like, actually, earlier this year, um, we found out that 3,000 girls in Kenya young girls had been raped and impregnated. Oh my God. Um, yeah, actually more had probably been assaulted or, or raped, but 3000 were impregnated oh, with this. This apparently always happens when there are um, diseases like this, where everybody's shut in. And so the men lose their jobs. Oh, yeah. There's incest. Mm. Oh, yeah. Girls as young as 12 years old, 10 years old. So, um, and there, there was food and water that um, they needed. They were running out of food and water. The government just left rural Kenya. So we said, we got in a call. I got, we got a call with a couple of our contacts in Kenya and said, uh, we said, okay, we're going to raise $10,000, which goes a long way there. And then I get off the phone and I see on Facebook, Rich, who's the head of Generosity Global, has posted, we're going to raise $25,000. <laughs> oh my God. But you know what? We raised $22,000. Nice. So right. think big in it. Think yeah. big, right. So it's, it's always good to get, it's for anyone, for all the agents listening, it's good to be around people who are big thinkers because, you know, being doing small things along the way is really, really, really important. Right. The most important thing is you just act. You know, those things can grow big. So Generosity Global, that's a big one. We're trying to build this rig. We've raised $110,000. So Wow. More than halfway there. Um, yeah. And then the Treehouse in Montgomery County, it's a child advocacy center that helps kids who have been abused and neglected. And they're always looking for funds. You can't really, for funds, you can't volunteer with them, but you can um, uh, you can support them, you know, through in-kind donations and just general monies. Awesome. Man, Gina, thank you so much for all you do and for being with us today. We hope this episode has inspired everybody who is listening. It has inspired me. I know that. Um, especially during the season of giving and a time that the world can benefit more than ever, I feel like, from our support of one another. So our next episode is going to be part one of our series about how to be a great buyer's agent. Valerie, you're going to be on on the the pedestal for this one. We are going to share some tips about qualifying buyers as well as some scripts that will help you turn buyer leads into buyer clients and buyer clients into closed transactions. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Feel free to connect with us at our website, therealestaterainmakers.com. As always, I'm Meredith Vogel, along with Valerie Hernois. And a big thank you again to Sheena Sedan. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Bye. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune in to our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, Tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Fogel. And Valerie Hernal. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.